Greetings, Bears, Jorvins, and Retrogrades. Today, I come to you in subservice of the principle that the U.S. bishops are, at least some of them, at least institutionally, giving to the enemies of Jesus. And with me is the magister of such a teaching, of such a lesson, Mr. Michael Hitchborn, my friend from the Lepanto Institute. He's going to lead us on this extraordinary journey of horrors. How's it going, Michael? Well, it's a good thing Halloween has passed because uh, this this really is a house of horrors once you start to dive into what the Catholic Campaign for Human Development and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has been giving to. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, in a way, it makes you wish that Halloween was still a, a day or two ahead of us. Then we could it, could it could help us better celebrate the macabre nature of uh, 2022 Roman Catholicism. Yeah, in many ways, I'd rather be dismembered with a chainsaw than have to look through some of this stuff. But <laughs> I mean, look, when people out there, uh, before we we start going, I'm just going to let you spin and offer a little color commentary. But you're you're the guy behind the guy when it comes to the details. Lepanto is it. And long before we became friends, I admired you and Lepanto's work. But you're a very jolly guy. Like, I'm, I'm a jolly guy, too. But we're... we're People are out there saying, oh, it's so negative. It's so oh. negative. I mean, they say this vis-a-vis Pope Francis, but they also say this about you. With I mean, you think about Pope Francis just how I do. But they say this about you with regard to the bishops. Oh, this guy's got to be negative. All he does is negative. It's like, well, look, I'm not I'm not deluded, but I'm a really jolly guy. That's what I tell him. That's what I tell him about you, too. Can you address that for a moment? Like, how do you keep your equipoise, man? Well, I. Uh... I, I like to use the analogy of a doctor, uh, like an oncologist, you know, somebody who studies cancer and he has a patient come in. Uh, now, uh, just because he's a cancer doctor doesn't mean that he has to have a dour face, but the subject that he's covering is very serious. And when he sees a patient, he has to go through procedures in order to diagnose the problem, to determine whether it's cancer, whether it's something else. And when he determines that, yes, this patient has cancer, there is a treatment or there isn't. In that case, it's a, it's a very, very serious situation, but he has to sit down with the patient and he has to explain to them, this is what we've found. And this is, you know, the, these are the problems uh, that come with what we have found. So to sit down with that patient, would somebody say, oh, that doctor, he's so dour faced because he goes and he tells patients these terrible things. Well, if you don't tell the patient they've got cancer, that's not charity. If you don't tell the patient that they may be dying, that's not charity. So when I look at things that are going on with the Catholic Campaign for Human Development or Catholic Relief Services, I'm diagnosing a problem. And I'm telling the bishops and I'm telling the faithful there is a very serious problem here. Just because I'm telling you that it's a serious problem doesn't mean that I'm some sort of negative Nelly that only sees the negative side of things. I'm, I'm not like Mer- Moriarty on uh, uh, mm. what's, what's that movie? Um, Sherlock uh, Holmes? No, no, no. Uh, Sorry. The, the one with, oh gosh, Kelly's Heroes, if you've ever seen it back in the 70s. Oh um, no. Oh yeah. So Donald Sutherland plays this tank driver and he's kind of a hippie. And he's like, oh yeah, we, we, we don't fire tank shells, man. We just fire paint buckets paints pretty pictures and Moriarty sitting there going, Oh man, I got a bad feeling about this. This isn't going to work. He's like, come on Moriarty with the negative waves. What's with the negative waves. So 
in many ways, a lot of people are more like Donald Sutherland in that case. They want, hey, don't tell me the negative. Don't tell me the real problems here. I just want to hear the good things about the situation that that, that are going on. And, right. and all you talking about the bad stuff is, is uh, it's just negativity and I don't want to hear it. That's a problem. Yeah, because they'll pitch it like Donald Sutherland being typecast, because I think that's really who he is, is that guy <laughs> saying, just tell me the good, man. I They'll pitch it as, look, we're not ostriches in denial about the negative facts. We just want to emphasize the positive. But that's not honest. That's not what they're doing. I mean, that's not even an honest depiction, whether or not it's it's an honest truth. It's not an honest depiction of what they do. They get mad. They get angry when you show them the truth and they'll say, why do you have to emphasize this so much? I call it the fallacy by emphasis. It's like, well, I mean, for me to utter words into the air, you know, the space occupies, I, I have to, I have to emphasize to some extent, uh, time being a non-renewable resource, Mm -hmm. my time to research, my time to express. I have to emphasize to some extent that, sorry, the church has taught for two millennia against feminism. And a lot of the Catholic feminists will say, well, we don't want to hear what you have to say, but the dishonest way of expressing it is what they tell you, Michael. They're just like, why do you, why do you focus so much on this? Why, why do you focus so much on Pope Francis, Tim? It's like, look, I mean, I'm not going to say it better than you just did, but it's really, really bad right now. And emphasizing small victories, small, let's be honest, meaningless victories, even if victories simplicitaire, they are in some true sense, they're so small that they that it's absurd to insist on them when the Titanic's going down. It's like, why don't you admire the wallpaper in your stateroom in the Titanic as you're, you know, half the room is covered in ice water and you're about to drown? It's that's that's where we are as a church. And that's why this is about more than just the Bishop of Rome. Uh, he's really bad, but all most of the other bishops are, too. So let's, I guess, let's see how, according to you, Michael Hitchborn, a couple of negative Nellies. (laughs) That's right. We're, we're just uh, negative all the time and uh, don't have anything happy to share whatsoever. Um, Your cancer analogy, like left me in the dust because I'm like, yeah, I can talk about this stuff. I can talk about this stuff in the Catholic church and I'm, I'm fine, but the cancer analogy uh, tripped my hypochondria and I, I became a, a, a worried looking pa- panic stricken uh, patient at that point. So, well, it's a great analogy, know, though. And a lot of people are stuck in that first degree of 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 grief. You know, when there, there are five degrees of grief, when somebody goes in and they receive a you've got cancer diagnosis, they go through those stages of grief and they start with anger. Yeah, but most people remain there. They don't go through the rest of the degrees of grief. They because they don't allow themselves to. They just get mad at the person telling them that you've got cancer. You're a liar. You're a terrible person. I don't want to hear this. And they run off. And if unfortunately, if you remain in that first degree of grief, you're not going to go through the other degrees that are going to allow you to get into a position to be healed. That's good. I like that a lot. A lot of women out there. A lot of female Catholic podcasters and podcasters wise, I think are still there with me after they just haven't forgiven me for showing them what the church teaches on feminism. So you, 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 yeah, you tell us, Michael, you, you are the captain of this grief ship 
the Titanic, we'll call it the Titanic. That is the CCHD. <laughs> and uh, you, you will, we'll go where you go, man. And we'll run into any mountains you run aground. Perfect. We'll start with just the overview of the report that we put together because we started in May of this year with investigating organizations receiving funding from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. There were 214 organizations that received funding from the CCHD. Uh, Of those 214, we found 66 that are directly through coalitions or through their leadership acting against church teaching. Uh, I have here on the screen uh, the first page of our report. This is the introduction. And in the, in the introduction, we give you kind of a breakdown of what you're going to find in the report. And uh, here in the summary of findings, for instance, <coughs> we've got $11.249 million that were distributed by the CCHD in fiscal year 2020 to 2021. 3.43 million of that went to these 66 organizations. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also went, we went back through all of the CCHD's records because we figured, okay, they've been giving to these groups for a long time. Some of them since back in the eighties, but there were organizations, the CCHD's public records currently only go back to 2004. So we went through all of their recorded grants lists to see, um, how much they've given to these individual organizations and how much collectively They have given to all of these groups since 2004. And what we found is that collectively, these 66 groups have received $16.63 million from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. And keep in mind, these are community organizing groups that have a hard leftist bent. They've always been very cozy with the culture of death and the the, uh, homosexual movement. Uh, And then, of course, what we found is the evidence is very bold. It's right there and in your face. Um, that is a lot. Of, I'm just going to jump in. That's a lot of money, Michael. And, and by the way, I would say that's still not enough money for you to hire someone to close all those tabs at the top of your screen for you. It wouldn't <laughs> cover their their wages. Fifteen hundred tabs. Uh, that's that's how we do our research. We we start with one group and we start going through and looking at what they've got going on. That leads us to more information on something else, which starts a new research thread. And I mean, I know where everything is on this particular set of threads. I I, I have it all mapped out in my head. I know exactly where my research took me and what I'm looking at. So <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so we have the categories. I'm, I'm going to jump over to the, um, to the report page itself. And what you'll see, we have grantee name, and you can organize it alphabetically from top to bottom. Okay, you can see that there. Uh, you can click on the individual reports. So you can hover your mouse over there, and that'll take you directly to the report that we put together on these groups. We have it listed by diocese, and you can arrange all of these by diocese, top to bottom. We have it by how much money the CCHD gave them in 2020 to 2021. And then we break it down by direct violation, coalition violation, and leadership violation. Now, let me explain what those are. Hmm. We have a very high bar for what we constitute a violation of Catholic moral and social teaching or uh, a violation of the CCHD's grant guidelines. 
a direct violation means that we caught the organization itself doing the bad act. So whether it's abortion, contraception, homosexuality, Marxism, or act activity in the occult, if the organization itself took a position uh, in regard to any one of those things, then that went into direct violation uh, column. Mm -hmm. A coalition. Many, many, many organizations receiving funding from the Campaign for Human Development are members of coalitions. Uh, and one of the guidelines the C that the CCHD has says that no organization that is a member of a coalition whose action or purpose contradicts moral or social teaching can receive funding from the CCHD. So the top one here, let's say Able New Hampshire is a member of some coalition, let's say it's an immigrant rights coalition, but that immigrant rights coalition takes a position in favor of abortion, or they take a position in favor of same-sex marriage. Uh -huh. Well, if Able New Hampshire decides that it's going to remain a member of the coalition, then according to the guidelines, it's supposed to be cut off from Catholic funding. So that's what we would consider a coalition violation. If we find that a coalition, and, and we have to prove, first of all, that the organization is indeed a member of that organization, we go through a verification uh, series in order to make sure. sure yeah. What's that? Sorry, just had to oh. cough. And I oh, said, oh. yeah, as I coughed, which is, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and... So we have to we have to verify that it is indeed a member of the coalition. And then we have to verify that, yes, the coalition took a formal position in favor of the bad act. And that's what constitutes a coalition violation. And then with leadership, we're looking at key staff members who are in, involved in some of the community organizing efforts. We look at the leadership of the organization, like the executive director, the founder of the organization, and we're looking at board members. And if they are involved in, in activity that is contrary to church teaching, we report and, and consider that a violation as well. And the reason I do that, consider, uh, let's say the head of Catholic Charities um, started participating in gay pride parades. Well, if the head of Catholic Charities is participating in a gay pride parade, then you can relatively easily assume that Catholic Charities is in some way involved in homosexual activism. Yeah, because the lead, what, what the leadership does leads to what is done by the organization. It may not be in public, but the fact that the leader is involved in something nefarious, suddenly the organization itself is in question. So it's a natural step. And that's why we violate on leadership as well. Yeah, I make those connections like innately for those linear connections. Probably it's rash judgment. If someone tells me they're uh huge fan of recycling. I assume that they're probably in the homosexual lobby campaign. So <laughs> anything. And I do it. I have a much lower standard of review, but that that's probably what gets me into trouble sometimes. <laughs> well, so the point is that we have a very high standard for what we violate on. Um, yeah. yeah, no, you do. And that's appropriate for you guys to, to have. Well, we what, have to because what constitutes form. Now you said if they formally support what mm -hmm. constitutes formal support? Like well, formal cooperation. Yeah, let's go into an example here. Um, yeah. I'll go into Chicago Workers Collaborative in a minute. Uh, we'll go into this one. Okay, so uh, actually, I'm going to hold off on that one too. Let's go to new labor. Okay, this is a good one. This is a perfect mm -hmm. example. 
New Labor Education and Training Institute. Uh, it sounds kind of innocuous, right? It's like, okay, so it's they're, they're doing training of, of activists and that kind of thing, but what are they training in? This organization got $40,000 from the CCHD this past year. Hmm. Ever since the going back as through their old records, back as 2004, they have re- received $465,000 from the CCHD. Here's what we found. On May 5th of this year, New Labor retweeted, okay, this is their Twitter account. They retweeted this. Rally for reproductive rights, rally to defend Roe and reproductive rights. That's wow. a direct violation because wow. the organization itself is promoting a pro-abortion activity. Wow. So it's, it's direct. It's in your face. It can't be disputed. They did this. That's striking. Yeah. 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 Um, New Labor uh, is also, I'll, I'll just kind of go through because they have a couple of other examples I can show. So in addition to that, and that was the one thing that we were able to ding them on, on direct activity, okay, was the, they, they retweeted this. And that's, that's in your face. Um, so then we have CCHD's little uh, statement here. We, we link directly to the website. This is what the CCHD said. Here's a screenshot of what the CCHD said. It says CCHD will not fund groups that are knowingly members of coalitions that have as part of their organizational purpose or coalition agenda positions or actions that contradict fundamental Catholic moral and social teaching. Pretty straightforward. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. Wow. Wait, does that does that make them susceptible of wire fraud uh, countersuits? I mean, that's, mean, well, so CCHD is taking collections on their own and then reallocating or re I, this is a question uh-huh. reallocating the money to the groups they want. Right. So when they're taking money on the basis of something that ought to be binding, like what you just highlighted there, mm-hmm. what about participation in co- uh, aren't they, aren't they accountable for honoring that? Yes. Legally? Yes. Uh, and they are fundraising on the idea that we never fund organizations that are doing things that act against church teaching. And we say very boldly, we will not fund groups that are members of coalitions that are doing bad things. Uh, This is a lie. This is a lie. And when you're fundraising on a lie, typically that's called fraud. Right. Right. That might be actionable. I I don't know. I would think so. If you have any legal minds in the audience that, uh, have any ideas, I would be open to hearing uh, possibilities. I'm going to send, I'm going to send uh, your way, uh, an attorney that I know, a couple California attorneys, see, see, have a preliminary look at this. Okay. Okay. So here we have new labor. Okay. They are a member of the National Day Labor Organizing Network, N-D-L-O-N. We went to their website. There's the link. This is a screenshot of their member organizations. It says New Labor is a member. Um, and, you know, I, I, I apologize for the image, but this is a screenshot of the Day Labor Network's, um, uh, what is it, Instagram page talking about the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. And wow. that's what wow. they're saying. Fund abortion and F SCOTUS. So that's, yeah, that's even... Even a phallic symbol there too, quite quite nakedly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So that's bold and in your face. Here we have from July of 2022, 
National Day Labor Organizing Network saying, Operation Save Abortion, Fund Abortion, Help Clinics, Take Political Action, Make Good Trouble, Operation Save Abortion.com. There is no question that this organization is pro abortion. No question whatsoever. Uh, and we have lots of evidence pr proving this over the course of time. Um, we found that this goes back quite a ways. We found uh, that they are also promoting uh, LGBTQ activism. This is, this is a press release from 2011 where they're promoting lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer organizations come out against ICE's Say Communities uh, deportation program. So NDLON led that effort. Okay. And here they've got more promotion of LGBTQ activism. We also found that New Labor is a member of an organization called the National Domestic Workers Alliance. And once again, this is their membership page, their chapters and affiliate organizations, and New Labor is a member. And we've got the domestic workers saying, we're standing in solidarity with women of Poland boycott over proposed abortion ban uh october 3rd 2016 so this goes way back they they knew that they were doing this there's no question about it so they they were a part of this coalition going back to 2016 and and once again new labor had been getting money from the cchd back as 2004 so if cchd is looking into the coalition memberships that these groups are members of as they're supposed to they would have known about this unless they're lying about the fact that they actually vet these organizations. That's crazy. And then we've got a, a tweet from 2018 where they're saying rise up for row. We've got a tweet from 2019 where they're saying not only do these abortion bans put women's health at risk, but they also destroy women's dignity and sense of safety. So this is a pro-abortion organization and new labor is a member of it. And, and there's, there's a ton more information just going way back that we that we also put in there it just proves the point so all of this constitutes a coalition violation with regard to lgbtq activism and with regard to abortion and because new labor also put out this tweet this tweet here that says rally for reproductive rights rally to defend roe and reproductive rights the organization is guilty by direct action and through through coalition memberships, which means this organization should not be receiving any funding from the CCHD. CCHD, of course, isn't going to say anything. Are all members of the coalition Catholic, like New Labor, or, or, or these non-Catholic coalition members that are being huh. headed and funded by a Catholic co uh, Catholic so, donee donor? The vast majority of these organizations are not Catholic groups. Hmm. They're not Catholic organizations at all. Um, in fact, I, I, I think I have found maybe one or two over the course of time that have claimed to have an affiliation with the Catholic Church, but not many. One is called the Ezekiel Project. Let me uh, pull that one up because that, that's a fun one. The Ezekiel Project is kind of interesting because, where is it? I can, uh, oh, it's under T, that's right, T for the Ezekiel Project. It's find <laughs> it under tab 1,562. Yes, Mike. 
Yes. I logged that away in my memory. (laughs) So the Ezekiel project, this is, this is kind of an interesting one. So here again, we have direct evidence of the organization participating in the promotion of abortion or contraception. For instance, this is their Facebook page, the Ezekiel project in Saginaw. uh, And they, they tweeted or, or posted this on Facebook. We are proud as a because it's for this thing called the women's, the black women's blueprint, hmm. which then they're promoting them. They say we're proud as survivor led organization to have implemented programs that promote gender justice, racial healing, reproductive health and reconciliation. So the phrase re- reproductive health is always a huge red flag for us. It usually means contraception. Sometimes it means abortion. It just depends. Uh, But then at the bottom of this thing, remember, this was tweeted or posted by the Ezekiel Project. Down here it says, activated in April of this year, our volunteers have been able to safely distribute menstrual products, contraception, and then et cetera, et cetera. So directly, the Ezekiel Project is promoting this this thing called the Black Women's Blueprint, which is distributing contraception, gets even worse. Because a few days later, they posted a direct link to a fundraiser for their Sista's van. Sista. Yeah. Yeah. And we looked that up. And we went to the Black Women's Blueprints website, and it says, we are bringing reproductive health and maternal care to the community by mobilizing doulas, midwives, and birth workers on the Sista's van. We are also bringing the following uh, that are specific reproductive health care notes, emergency contraception, condoms, pregnancy tests, plan B. Okay, so all of these, uh, the emergency contraception and plan B, those are abortifacients. Yeah. So, so those do cause abortions, plus they're handing out condoms. Um, so they're promoting promiscuity. They're promoting uh, the use of a, a, an intrinsic evil, which is contraception and, and uh, abortifacient contraception. And so the Ezekiel project directly uh, encouraged people to go fund, to give funds to this particular thing. So that's, that's direct. We also have them. um, This is from March of this year. They were promoting the national organization for women, which is one of the most pro-abortion groups in the entire country. They're right up there with NARAL pro-choice. Um. So again, the Ezekiel project, and it starts right off. The National Organization for Women is da, 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 da. And there they go. They go into this big thing. They have all these different pictures promoting the National Organization for Women, including this one saying stand with Planned Parenthood. So it's very clear what their disposition is. In July of this year, the Ezekiel project promoted this hands off our bodies, hands off our votes. Um, I, I guess it was a conference, which I watched. It was an hour and 45 minutes. It was basically a bunch of screeching women saying, we got to make sure the government's not going to step on our reproductive rights and, and take away our birth control and abortions. That's yeah. what the whole thing was. Shocker. Yeah. So there you have the Ezekiel Project right there saying, join us. And then they say, our topic is fight for our reproductive rights, for voting rights, reproductive rights, freedoms, and justice. 
Uh, oh, and, and one of the things that I love to point out here, the, the CCHD, every time we find something like this, a direct proof that the organization is doing something to promote something evil, the CCHD comes back and says, oh, that wasn't really the organization. It was some volunteer that came in and they posted right. this and it was, it, they did it without any oversight. It, it wasn't approved. Yeah. Guess what? Down here, you see that little heart that was yeah. left by Willie Haynes, who is the executive director, or, or I'm sorry, the president of the, the Ezekiel project. So no, this wasn't done without oversight. And then so see, remind remind my audience, if you would, Michael, CCHD relates to the UCSB as what species to genus or, or okay. how, how what's the formal connection there? So the Catholic Campaign for Human Development is the official anti-poverty program of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, the USCCB. So the organization in Washington, D.C., they have this. Uh, Campaign for Human Development. It was created in 1971 with the help of Saul Alinsky uh, by, at, at the time, Archbishop Joseph Bernardin, who is an accused Satanist and rapist. Um, and uh, it was created specifically to give money to Saul Alinsky's community organizing groups. So that's the genesis of the whole thing. They've been around for 50 years, and for 50 years, they've been financing Saul Alinsky, his community organizing groups, and these pro-abortion organizations. And this is told about uh, in very satisfying detail in Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, the EWTN yep. documentary uh, that came out 10 years ago or so. There's, right. a, uh, there's an interesting story behind that. I got contacted by the producers of that film when they were putting it together. And they wanted to incorporate my information on the Catholic Campaign for Human Development and some of the organizations that I've profiled. <clears throat> 17 minutes worth of um, footage, and it got cut by EWTN. Why? That's a good question. I mean, they um, go full court press, don't, don't you think? Have you seen the final mm -hmm. movie, Michael? Have you seen the uh, final cut of the movie? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they go and I know hard. I know what was cut. It was it was much stronger against the campaign for human development. They have a little portion in there about the CCHD that was much longer. Um, and a lot of it is just they, they didn't want to annoy the bishops. Huh. That's that's disappointing. That's it disappointing. is. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, here we have the Ezekiel Project promoting this thing called Women versus Wade, W-O-X-M, or W-O-M-X-N. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Woman, woman. It's still more, it's it's more correct spelling than the way they're spelling sisters, right? It's like, right. it's only one letter off. Right. So you've got woman versus Wade, which of course is a pro-abortion march that was promoted by the Ezekiel Project. You can see their name right there. Uh, they had a Planned Parenthood speaker at this thing. So it's, you know, it was definitely pro-abortion. So then we started looking at the leadership, the leadership of the Ezekiel project, this woman, Jessica Hernandez. Okay. She's the executive director. She's also the lead organizer. We went to her social media platform and saw, Hmm, June 24th. I'm really angry right now. I know I'm late, but what in the, how was that decision even made Roe v. Wade? 
So she's angry that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Somebody comment that commented on her on her post and said it was not it's not a constitutional right for abortions. What did she do? She turns around and posts the statement from ACOG, which is the American College for Obstetrics and Gynecology. And the quote says, today's decision is a direct blow to bodily autonomy, reproductive health, patient safety and health equity in the United States. So she's pro-abortion. Very clearly pro-abortion. Is she um, is is Jessica Catholic, or is she uh, not Catholic? That's hard to say. Sometimes you can tell, sometimes not. Huh. Um, she has some things that are Catholic-ish on her Facebook page, which gives me the impression that she might be. But um, it's it's I don't have any direct knowledge as to whether she is or not. Okay. It could be just that she likes certain Catholic things because she's getting funding from the campaign for human development. They've had a long-term relationship with them. And so, you know, you never really know what's the impetus behind some of the things they say. Yeah. So here she is. This was a disgusting picture. I had to censor it. It was really gross because this woman's in her underwear, but she posted this picture purchasing this shirt gave me so much joy. And what does the shirt say? It says, this uterus has a body with a brain that can make its own decisions. In other words, I am going to make decisions about this uterus, and that includes abortion. I don't think grammatically it means what she thinks it means. And that would mean that you've got a body and a brain like a Krang living inside that body <laughs> in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? That's, that's not correct. No, I know. I know what she means, but yeah. And, and of course, we have to deal with some of the bad grammar from these people, too. So it's like, OK, they're not very well educated. I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to say here. <laughs> Sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here we also have uh, this is a post from the uh, Ezekiel Project showing director Jessica Hernandez and the board member Naisha Latoya or Latoy. There she is. That's Naisha Latoy. Latoya and is the first name now. What's that? I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I should stop it. Said Latoya, that's a first name. Uh, well, according to the Jacksons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So in, in May of 2019, Latoy posted a sex strike for, for states in which abortion has been prohibit, prohibited. So there she is, Naisha Latoy. What if women from abortion banned states got together for a sex strike? Well, maybe you should have been doing that for a long time and therefore abortion wouldn't be a thing. Right. But I'm just right. saying. Yeah. Here she is calling for proposal three, which was that horrific proposal in, in Michigan that just recently passed, giving the state the ability to uh, to allow for all forms of abortion without restriction uh, and without government oversight. So um, she was proposing that. And this is where it gets really fun, because what we also found on the Ezekiel project is this. Vicariate three, member Catholic parishes and religious leaders. At the top of the list, Cathedral of, of Mary of the Assumption, Pastor Most Reverend Robert Gruss, who is uh -oh. the Bishop of Saginaw. Wow. And there are about 12 other parishes and pastors listed on the member organizations of the Ezekiel Project. So this, I mean, that's, that's your smoking gun right there. You presented a few of them. 
that's mm-hmm. a smoking gun. So I say, I say, if it's if a suit lies, wire fraud, right? They're they're collecting money on the basis of a promise. This is yeah. pretty linear. It's a linear violation, ain't it? I, I really wow. am going to connect you with um with uh, two of my my attorneys who have argued a very Catholic attorneys who have argued in front of Supreme Court multiple times. This seems like a, a win. Yeah, you, you'll be a hero, Michael, if if I'm not miscalculating here. You're if, already a hero, but <laughs> well, if uh, if if they if they see a case here, yeah, let's definitely talk because um, I think I, I think that I, I mean the Ezekiel project was pretty straightforward, and then on top of that, you've got involvement from Catholic parishes and the bishop who would not have been ignorant to this post from 1920 or 2020 or this post from 2020 or this post from March of this year or this post from July of this year. They wouldn't have been ignorant to this. And yet they're still listed as members of the Ezekiel Project. So I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, You want to go? Oh, I do want to show this. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is important. This, this also would tie in very much with what you're talking about. The Chicago Workers Collaborative. This was an organization that I investigated back in 2009. Uh, and, and what got me was, gosh, this is such a communist propaganda poster, if I ever saw one, for their logo. Uh, it's, it's that hard, stark, woodcut mm-hmm. type propaganda piece, the, the type print piece there, that is typical of communism it's coming it's typical of communist propaganda and that i mean when that jumped out at me back in 2009 when i first looked into this group i i started looking into what their relationship is with the local socialists and holy smokes their their executive director had a direct relationship with the democratic socialists of america he was a participant in the left forum which is a big socialist movement um, he's, he was help helping to organize the big socialist May Day celebrations where they were actually starting at the, um, uh, oh, there was a, a bookstore, a, a Marxist bookstore that they would start these May Day celebrations at. So I was just like, uh, this is a communist organization. It's a front group basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. in 2013, so I, I'd been looking into them for quite a bit. Uh, they have a long history with the CCHD, uh, $255,000 since 2006. <coughs> here's, here's what's interesting. I'm going to come back to this stuff in just a minute because that stuff is, is pretty direct. But going back to the coalition thing, in 2013, 11 CCHD-funded organizations were told that they must either quit membership in a coalition that had taken positions in favor of same-sex marriage or lose their CCHD funding. They were told this directly and publicly. Uh, We found an article in the Chicago Tribune. It was published on 19 October 2013. This is a direct quote. The Chicago Workers Collaborative belonged to the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. When given the choice to withdraw from the coalition or lose its $20,000 grant, Executive Director Leon Jose Bicieri said the decision boiled down to timing. Quote, it was difficult to settle into our decision and live with it, but it wasn't that hard a decision to make, he said. It was not the moment to splinter off from a statewide immigrant rights coalition. 
it was not the moment to not be united around immigration reform. That was the overriding consideration. That means they have funding funnels that are more capacious from other sources uh-huh. and they could bid, bid a due to 20,000, right? Pretty much. Yeah, they, they, they could afford to lose $20,000. It was no skin off their nose. Cardinal George even weighed in on the fact that uh, the Chicago Workers Collaborative had decided to pack it up and no, no longer take CCHD funds. Cardinal George said, you can't play off the pastoral concern of the church for the poor against the church's teaching. That's exactly what was done. That's a cynical move, and I'm sorry that it was done. Okay, so very publicly, the Chicago Workers Collaborative lost its grant from the CCHD because it chose to be a member of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights, ICIRR. Once again, they got a grant in 2020 to 2021. In fact, they also got a grant in 2019 that I had missed. I didn't see that before, but they got a grant of $55,000 this past year. They are still a member of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. There they are. They're a member. Partner organizations. It gets better because member organizations of ICIRR pay dues. They pay membership fees. Okay, so this isn't just a matter of, well, they had their name on a list. No, they are a formal member that they pay dues in order to remain a member of this group with. In 2020, or I'm sorry, July 20th of 2022, the Chicago Workers Collaborative posted on Twitter that they are uh, grateful for the award that they received from ICIRR and for their partnership with ICIRR. So they're fully admitting, yes, we as an organization are still members of ICIRR. And they got a grant, which once again violates this rule. CCHD will not fund dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's an admission by a party opponent right there. That's that's everything you want if you're prosecuting this. I I don't, that's that's stark. Well, and, and what's more, It's not like the CCHD forgot. Oh, gosh, I forgot that we defunded you back in 2013. You can't tell me that you don't have files on the organizations that are applying for grant, that you don't have a history of the amount of money that you've given to these groups year after year and a little tab that says, oh, we cut off funding in 2013. Why? Because they took they decided to remain with this coalition. Nothing's did they changed. lose the yearly 20000 or not, Michael? They did, because I went through their... They hadn't received a grant from the National CCHD since 2009. And in 2019, they got their first grant in 10 years. So they were formally defunded. And then in 2019, they got a grant, despite the fact that they're still a member of this coalition. And then, of course, we have proof that the coalition itself is pro-abortion. We have proof that they are going all the way back to 2013 and then every consecutive year, 2014, promoting marriage equality laws, 2016, promoting the LGBTQ community, 2017, okay, talking about how May Day, they're going to rise up for the LGBTQ community and, and, and on and on and on. So they're all in for lgbtq activism 
And just to kind of bring this full, full circle, this organization, the Chicago, the Chicago Workers Collaborative, one of the reasons why the CCHD has this rule regarding coalitions is that when I was meeting with the, the executive director, Ralph McLeod, and several other members of, of the CCHD, we kept pointing out, look, they're you've got these immigrant rights groups, and they would argue to us, well, they're, you know, most of them are uneducated, and, and they're just trying to make sure that they're getting a fair wage, or they're getting fair treatment from their employers, and da da da, da. I said, that's a good thing. Fine. I, I, I can support that. That's fine. I said, but what's happening is they're joining these coalitions, and the coalitions are promoting this cross-pollination of issues, where they're saying, well, we have to have an intersectionality with regard to immigrant rights and LGBTQ rights. We have to have an intersectionality between um, the, the rights of immigrants and refugees with reproductive rights, because eventually they do cross at some point. And we argued very strongly against allowing them to be members of these kinds of coalitions. That's why they adopted that rule. And as a result, I didn't have evidence of the Chicago Workers Collaborative um, back in 2009, 2010, 2013 even, directly promoting LGBTQ activism, but I do now. And, right. and why would they be doing this? Because they're part of a coalition that told them that that's what they need to do. They need to cross-pollinate these issues. So here we've got June 2nd, Chicago Workers Collaborative saying, happy Pride Month. There's the rainbow set of fists. <laughs> here they are. This is it's their cute. booth. Yeah, that's adorable. Yeah, cute, right? Well, here they are with a couple of trans, uh, what do you call them? Uh, men. Trannies. Trannies. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. There's their, uh, their booth with their little flag. Okay, Chicago Workers Collaborative, and then they've got the rainbow flags of solidarity right there and there. So clear, clear, they are actively promoting LGBTQ activism. Uh, and then, of course, we've got other stuff where they're promoting transgenderism. They have this one story. Angela, a transgender woman from New Jersey, was sent home when she came to work in a dress and told to, to come to work dressed as a man. Based. Wow. Wow. So telling a man to dress as a man and not to wear a dress is now a problem. And the Chicago Workers Collaborative is saying that that's a problem. So here you have the fruit of that cross pollination. So this is this is direct, direct evidence showing that the CCHD knew that the Chicago Workers Collaborative was part of this bad coalition. They gave them a grant anyway, and we're seeing the fruits of why that's a problem. So all of that wrapped into this one report is is uh, solid, solid evidence. Yeah, that takes some serious manpower to crunch all this very valuable data you've come up with. Uh, Michael, does it, so is it safe to assume, this is a question, that the 20000 or so dollars uh, restarted after Cardinal Supage took over in Chicago? Or is that like overly linear thinking? Well, it's a fact that the the funding restarted after Supich took over uh, because it started in 2019. And, and I think Supich took over in what, 2016? 16, yeah, late yeah. 2016. Yeah. So yes, we it, it is a fact that this restarted after Supich took over. Um, hmm. did, did Supich 
command it to happen? Or did he say, look, I don't care what your stupid rules are. I want you to fund this group anyway. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it stands to reason that because, and CCHD will tell you this, every single bishop signs off on who gets money. And they get the file handed to them. What's in the file? I don't know. But I would assume that the file would say, hey, guess what? Um, they violated the rules back in 2013. They lost our grants because of it. Uh, nothing seems to have changed. It's up to you. Do you want us to keep funding it or not? Regardless of whether they, they made that recommendation and regardless of whether Supich said fund them or, or else, it doesn't matter because now you have a clear situation where the CCHD just completely ignored its own rules in order to fund this group. That's striking. But hopefully it's striking enough for for a suit to lie, I, I I'm I'm really hopeful. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to uh, my attorney later today, and and I'm just gonna say as a preliminary matter, this could be a huge case. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's humongous, right? Have you not looked into this at all, Michael? You're you're so busy crunching the data to substantiate the claim, but I want right. to see if it's a legal claim. Yeah, I you know I'm not I. I have a, a legal understanding of things, but I don't understand legal procedures at all. So uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin to, to deal with something like this. So it's, um, it's not really something I have personally pursued, but I do think that it's, it's worth looking into for sure. So, I mean, take, take an overview for a moment. I don't know if there's any more specifics you want to look at, but how... How can anyone possibly begin to justify giving to the USCCB in view of all this? I, I mean, CCHD is, receives a huge portion of mm-hmm. uh, of of the USCCB's <laughs> cash. If, if we're before stripping all this of its extra parts, right? What I mean is there a justifiable way, even under Catholic? theology of formal cooperation, you know, material proximate, material remote cooperation that one could even justify giving to the USCCB at this point? I don't think so. Because here's the thing. Somebody asked me a little while ago, okay, um, do we know whether or not the campaign for human development has actually taken a hit in its collection uh, because of the reports that I've been putting out? And I said, I honestly can't say. And the reason that I can't is that the USCCB does not post the numbers of how much they receive per collection. What they do produce every year, or at least every few years, is a, um, a, a financial report where they go over the budgets. And they say, this is how much we spent on this project. This is how much we spent on this project. By the way, their spending on, on pro-life activities is like $2 million where everything else is north of 15, $20 million. So it just goes to show how much emphasis they put on pro-life activities, but they um, they're, yeah, their promotion of things like um, immigration uh, reform and lobbying on the Hill. That's, that's north of almost a hundred million dollars. It's pretty sick. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So the, um, the kind of funding that they put towards the campaign for human development every year, it's somewhere between 10 and $15 million. And uh, 
I don't know if that money is coming from other sources or if it's just what they collect from the collection and then they're redistributing that money. It's, it's impossible to say. So giving to the USCCB is, is like putting a drop in, in an aquarium or putting a, a stone in an aquarium. It's going to raise the water levels and that water level is going to spill over into other things eventually. So it, it, it's the idea that money is fungible and that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, let's just say people, if I were you don't give to the USCCB because yeah. I mean, can they take, if you just write a check to USCCB, can they put that in CCHD? I was asking you this last time and I, I never quite understand the uh, intersectionality of, of um, these creatures of these collectives. So when you write a check for a particular project, uh, according to the rules of a 501c3, that money has to go into that particular project. So if you write a check, a blank check to the USCCB, they can put it wherever they want. But if you write a check, say, for um, their, their communications fund, they can't use that money to go into the CCHD. But the, at the same time that that's part of the rules of being a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, they are also classified a religion which means that there's no oversight nobody has they they don't have to file a 990 with the government the uh the government doesn't get to look at their books and say we want to make sure that you're using your budgetary items uh the way they're supposed to be used they don't do that they can't do that uh so the usccb has certain protections under the aspect of the fact that it is a religion and that is what prevents us from finding out exactly how the money moves. And, so and that it, might be the procedural stop block against which a uh, wire fraud claim would lie. Then that, that, that just made me afraid. I didn't know they had that protection. Well, so there's another layer to that, though, because if if this is wire fraud and you can show that this kind of, if you can prove that it's racketeering of some kind. I would almost say that this is this is grounds for a RICO suit. Right. And you can then look into how the money is moved from one diocese to another or how the uh, the USCCB taxes each diocese and pulls money and puts in, and allocates that money however they want, you know. Right. Yeah, you're right. I'm not saying it is wire fraud. We have to look into it, but if it if it is, it would almost be what what in law school they'll distinguish this would theoretically in my mind could be something like wire fraud per se irrespective of the structures governing 501c3 religious um, tax exempt organizations i mean if you give your word on a website you have all those uh, screenshots of it of right. them saying look this money i i don't want to quote it cuz i'm always i'm always on the lookout for um, being misquoted by big powerful organizations that oh, are yes. saying i misrepresented but whatever that screenshot you showed at the beginning of this episode, Michael, they're making a pledge of some sort. Are they not? That, right. uh, that Because yeah. it's under their, their frequently asked questions, which means they're not just talking to the grantees. They're talking to the general audience. Right. We, can we see? Is it? Do yeah. you know which of your 1500 tabs has that again? <laughs> can we see that again, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Let me open it up for you. And can um, we, let's, let's read that out loud. In fact, I'll just go straight to the uh, the FAQ on the USCCB website so that people can see I'm not making this up. Um, 
share screen go to there we go and share there we are okay so this is just to show this is the usccb's website right up there u.s conference of catholic bishops got and it then you've got catholic campaign for human development frequently asked questions and uh so they actually say things like we don't fund organizations that act against church teaching um there's there's a whole bunch of stuff here that they ask but they have this question does cchd fund groups that act against catholic values and <clears throat> they say no do they say well, no here they say as the domestic anti-poverty program of the u.s conference of catholic bishops it's deeply deeply catholic teaching guided by usccb priorities etc cetera, etc cetera. does cchd fund groups that act against catholic values no <laughs> that's shit, demonstrably false that's shit that that's heavy duty man i mean i i think this is groundbreaking i can't believe this hasn't been broken ground before but i uh, first thing i'm doing i'm getting on the phone with uh, my attorney <laughs> you you ought to watch your back man you ought to check <laughs> your brakes every time you get in your car i'm not even joking yeah but I mean, this is this. <laughs> this is this is uh i i mean this is demonstrably false <laughs> do they fund groups that act against catholic values no well that's not true because we just saw you just what, showed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's... And then they double down on it and they say, uh, CCHD funds organizations that empower people in communities, et cetera, et cetera. All initiatives that are supported with CCHD funding have gone through a thorough application process and are endorsed by both the local bishop and the national subcommittee of bishops as organizations with objectives and actions that are fully in accord with the moral teaching of the Catholic church. To me, this is an indictment. My Christian brother, that is that. I mean, I'm getting excited. My brother in Christ, Michael Hitchborn. I think, I think you have a major story there. I, I to be continued on that, yeah. point, but that is a guarantee. I mean, it's been kind of settling on me more and more throughout this show that that is a binding prom. I mean, the way, Look, I'm really careful. People out there might not know the degree of caution I employ when I speak about, mm -hmm. hey, I'll say, you know, I, I give away some free products. Uh, you know, I give away free classes. And I will say, hey, a lot of people, when they take one of my free classes, they're like, can I make a donation? I always call it an, un yes, it's an unrelated donation to the free product I'm getting because it's strictly donative intent, right? I, you know, so I'm very, I, I slip it in there. I'll say, Hey, if you want to give an unrelated donation, if you just want to give it to me, you know, then cool. And th that, that really does help, but this isn't a back way, you know, this isn't a way that we can, we can, uh, secretly give a free course, but really not be getting it, giving it away for free. Right. So, there you have to for public calls for funding and things like that you have to be careful man and they are being anything but careful they are defrauding i think yeah. in my view in my estimation see i do it habitually the lawyer yeah. in me does it in my view this feels like defrauding the public i'm not saying i know they are but that is a strong intuition i have that i'm going to check the legal uh justifications for the theory right after yeah. we get off the horn chances are uh, if if i understand the definition properly 
if you say something that is false and you don't know that it's false, it's a mistake. But if you say something false and you know that it's false, it's a lie. And if the CCHD knows that it is funding organizations that are acting against the church's teachings on certain moral issues, and you say that they aren't, well, that's a lie. So I have a hard time seeing how the CCHD isn't directly lying to the people that it's asking for funding from. Uh, did I ever tell you that the CCHD actually tried to give me a bribe once? No. Yeah. Are you serious? I am dead serious. So like in, yeah. in 2012, uh, here, I'll, I'll stop sharing the screen. Uh, there we go. In 2012, uh, I had a meeting with uh, the CCHD staff and, and uh, John Carr was there. Ralph McLeod, Ralph McLeod was there. And we were getting ready to go over my latest set of information that I had investigated regarding their grantees. And John Carr is in the room and he, he says, before we get into any of this, you know, I don't want to talk about the report right now. I want to, I want to put forward an idea and tell you that I don't want to be fighting against you guys. I would much rather work with you. And he said, if, if you were to put together an organization that say investigated Planned Parenthood, well, the CCHD would fund that. And he said, you know, and, and you don't have an organization right now, and we're not actually supposed to uh, solicit applications for CCHD grants, but, you know, we can kind of bend the rules and I can help you out. I can even help you set your organization up. Um, he wow. said, but, you know, we would, we would prefer to fund that and to work with you rather than, you know, um, fight against you. And I said, well, you know, I, I still have all this information on CCHD grantees. He said, you publish that report and the deal's off. Oh, okay. So the, <laughs> I was going to say, does he ever name his condition, the, right? The antecedent yep. that goes in to feed that consequent. Yeah. And it sounds like that. You, holy cow. So then what did you say when he said that? Oh, I kind of chuckled. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I was in my mind, I'm sitting there going, am I actually being offered a bribe? Like I was just kind of marveling at this. And I started grinning like this weird clown going, is this really happening? It was bizarre. I, I have never in my life been offered a bribe. And, and I was just kind of looking at the moment. It was really surreal. I was just, is this really happening? This isn't a dream. This, this is, he's actually saying these things to me. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's one of those emblematic moments for an American where it's, it's the hallmark of the subverted American dream. Think of, I'm thinking of the season three or season four Simpsons where Lisa goes to Washington DC and she accidentally mm -hmm. witnesses a bribe. And then like she tears up her pro America essay and she's jaded from that point on in the show. And that's a big moment in, in young Michael Hitchborn's life. What, what, what were you five or six years old when that happened? Michael? Yeah, I must've been, you know, my hair was much darker anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. So did the meeting end on uh, amicable terms or, or how did, how do you, how do you say goodbye after? Uh, oh, no, I, I, I was told because we actually did have the meeting where I went over the organizations that we had found problems with. Um, and I was promised, oh, we'll look into that. We'll look into that. I'll get back to you on this. You know, nothing committal, no, no, uh, 
internal forum with regard to what we had found, just <coughs> holding everything very close to the vest and promising that they would get into get back to me. They never did. Um, and uh, in fact, we we discovered that the Gamaliel network, one of their favorite networks, we discovered that the Gamaliel network was on the executive committee of a, of a coalition that had taken a position, a formal position in favor of same-sex marriage. And I sent this information to the CCHD. About three weeks later, this is in 2013, about three weeks later, I got a letter back from the CCHD saying, oh, we talked to them about that. It, they actually left membership in this particular coalition in 2010 when that position was taken. And I went, no way. No way. So I went through and I scoured this particular coalition's website and I found files on their website that were hidden. They were tucked away in an index file where they had their executive committee meeting minutes from 2012. That's two years after they allegedly left this coalition where the executive director for, for the Gamalia network is listed as a member of the executive committee. And then I found a Google doc that they did not secure where they were talking about phone calls that they were having for voting for board members and voting for members of the executive committee and congratulations to the Gamaliel network. This is in December of 2012 uh, saying congratulations to the executive committee uh, Gamaliel network for once again, being on the executive committee of our coalition. And I sent that back to the CCHD and I said, this is proof that, that the Gamaliel network, they lied to you. They lied to you. They said they left in 2010. That's what you said in your letter. And this shows that they've been a member of the executive committee all the way through 2012, two years after they allegedly left. And then I get a call from Ralph, Ralph McLeod saying, uh, or an email rather, saying, because we had a, a meeting scheduled for the following week. And the email from Ralph McLeod said, uh, we've decided to cancel our meeting. Uh, we see no reason to meet at this time. Oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the, the oddity here, Michael, is that the oversight committee charged with policing the reputable or disreputable donative activities of the USCCB is the USCCB or, yeah. or some creature thereof. I mean, yep. well, that's, that's why I think this hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, once you're like, if assuming if there is some violation of some federal fraud law, then you don't have to invite, you could just step around the self-governing, uh, arguably corrupt party of the USCCB. I mean, I think that's, I, I've interviewed you on the show a couple of times before. It's never struck me so hard as this time that it's just like, just eliminate the middleman. The USCCB are the ones that I don't think should be trusted, in my opinion, after seeing all that. And we just need to hold their feet to the fire. I mean, mm -hmm. is, is, am, I, am, I being, am I being overly simplistic? I don't think I am. I've been thinking about this whole interview. Yeah. No, I don't think that's overly simplistic at all. I mean, the USCCB, they know the problem. I've been reporting this to them for a decade now. Uh, every time I put out a press release, and I put out a press release uh, several times last week and then a couple of times this week, specifically about these groups. And I cc'd all the bishops of the country. I cc'd every member of the uh, 
Justice and Peace Committee of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So all of these people, they all know, they all know they're getting my press releases. They know what's in them. They know what I'm reporting. And then, and the reason I know they know is because sometimes people will say, well, I, um, I contacted CCHD to see what their response was to this particular report. And this is the form response that I got back from them, basically denying everything and calling the, the Lepanto Institute a liar. So, you know, maybe we could tack on a, um, a defamation suit on top of that, but, uh, because if they're going to call me a liar, don't they have to prove that <laughs> what I said was a lie? Uh, yeah, anyway. depending on where they did it and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, man. This, I mean, you're, I don't know. I sometimes, I mean, you, for one thing, I just want to give you due plaudits. This is the real stuff of damning research. I mean, getting into the nitty gritty, the granular that's where heroes are made and that's where villains are are proven villainous and it's it's not fun work i mean i'm i'm looking at what you've been rifling through with your team there that's where you get the bad guys is in yeah. you know dotting the i's crossing the t's your p's and q's those are all the other letters that need dottings or crossings so just first off know. good job what's that you can dot a no the Germans do. I mean, but so good job on that. I just think, I mean, that's all the the 99.9% of the fight. If there's a legal fight to be had, if then I think maybe by not bringing this to suit, there's, we're actually missing the forest for the trees. I mean, sometimes you could be so invested in it. It's like, dude, let's go get them. If it's legally possible. I, I'm game. Yeah. I, I'm totally game for that. I think that I, I would love to see in court how the CCHD defends uh, giving money universally, unilaterally to these groups, knowing fully well that they're promoting these horrible things. Um, and, and we, you know, we find evidence going back through the ages. There's one group, uh, the Women's Community Revitalization Project. We busted them back in, in 2008 or 2009. Um, because they were receiving funding from an organization that says we only give money to organizations that fully support women's reproductive rights and, and, uh, contraception. Uh, so I'm going, well, I'm pretty sure this organization is going to vet their groups completely to make sure that they're fully supportive of reproductive rights. So the question is, is the CCHD doing the same thing? Cause they gave this group funding also, um, and then the executive director is this big time LGBTQ activist. In an interview in 2016, she said that she lost funding from a major funding source in 2013 because she's a lesbian, she says. Uh, it was about 2013 that the Women's Community Revitalization Project stopped receiving funding from the Campaign for Human Development. And of course, now they're once again, they're receiving funding again, and she's still an LGBTQ activist. In fact, she has also been donating to Planned Parenthood. So you go through that information and you can see, yes, if she was defunded by CCHD in 2013 because she's a terrible person um, and the CCHD is now once again resuming that funding, despite the fact that she's still there and she's just as awful as she was before. In fact, probably worse. Nothing's changed and they are continuing to perpetuate the problem. So they know. Yeah. 
still a lesbian. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I it's weird because it's clown world, Paris Orphans and Retrogrades. And like this stuff is shocking. But once you get five minutes in to saying something that's the propositional equivalent of the surface of the sun is actually cold, contrary <laughs> to what you believed your whole life. It's, it, it grows not not boring, but it grows banal or commonplace. So it's like you're showing shocking stuff and like just phenomenologically. What happened to me is like five, ten minutes in. I look at this stuff more often than most people out there, but not as much as you. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's just it. You know, they're 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 just they're working against the church. They give a, a little a pittance of money to the pro-life cause. But yeah, you know, their head bishop Francis said we talk too much about that. It would be like abolitionists saying in 1860 we talk too much about abortion uh, about the slavery. The abolition of slavery. It's like, okay, so that's where your heart is, Bishop of Rome, and I think many of these other bishops. So I think they give that as a kind of ceremonial hand washing, whereby, you know, they're like, hey, we give some to anti-abortion causes but indirectly indirectly maybe illegally maybe not they're giving far more money to causes that countervail against <laughs> quite directly against the the pro-life cause oh so here's here's my equivalent all right the nazi holocaust ended in 1945 we're still talking about it we're still talking about it and we're still talking about it as if it's still present and never forget. And we have to fund all of these efforts in order to make reparations right. and to build up the Jewish community. And, right. you know, okay. So they don't ever want to forget the horrors of the Holocaust. Right. And they talk about how we have to have that ever present in our mind. Right. And yet abortion is ongoing. It is horrific what is taking place and what's happening to these babies. And they're saying, well, we've handled that. We need to move on to other more pressing topics. Right. Would you ever say that to a Holocaust survivor? Right. Would you ever say that to somebody who witnessed their family being murdered in the Holocaust? No, of course not. But they want to treat the Holocaust as if it's somehow worse and much more present of mind than what is happening to babies on a daily basis. Well, to, to, to put the point finally, it's a great, it's a better analogy. It's not even an analogy. It's actually just propositional reasoning. Right. They right. want to treat the Holocaust as if it's a crime in the present. They want to right. treat abortion as if it's a crime in the past. And they're the reverse. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And that's why you get Bishop McElroy saying, well, you know, abortion's not the preeminent issue that we need to be dealing with. Which is like saying, well, the Holocaust isn't the preeminent issue that we need to be dealing with with regard to the Nazis. Um, yeah, it, it's whatever the the cause du jour. I mean, for crying out loud, can you imagine what would happen if the USCCB was caught funding an organization that was tied in with the KKK? I know. I, I know. can imagine. I can imagine that every liberal leftist leftist bishop in in the world would be screaming bloody murder. How in the hell did that organization get any of our money? Or right. even just Trump, Trump funding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Loosely. The proud boys who are not who are not the KKK, who are not bad guys, by and large. Um, but if yeah, they you would hear about it. You would hear, you, yep. you know, 
National Catholic Distorter would be writing about it. American Magazine would be writing about mm -hmm. it. Even EWTN and barely right of center organizations would be doing the ceremonial hand washing, like, hey, uh, telling you the worst factoids out there, uh, however they may be characterized, about the Proud Boys and saying, look, we're, you know, we're not for the you. That's because the left runs everything that yeah, they get yeah. away with it. But when it's a direct contravenience of the purported goal, a uh, direct violation of the promise in the FAQs page, yeah. then we just hear nothing. We hear nothing. We need to do. We need I, I need to help you. You have great work there. But everyone out there, every Catholic out there should support Hitchborn and Lepanto. Because this is bombshell type stuff. It's just that we're so used to sitting on our hands and just being like crazy clown world. You know, yeah. the Catholic Church supports all this, you know, all, all these Marxist socialists. Um, I I have some people and or groups I'd love for Lepanto to look into if I had my druthers. Michael, okay. I won't say who, but I, I have some sinking suspicions. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you off air that you guys are just top quality researchers. So guys, parish orphans are retrogrades out there. If you are looking to tithe, give to Lepanto. Yeah, I, I, can, you want to call out how, how they can help you guys out, Michael? This is not a bribe. But uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you'd like to give a donation to the Lepanto Institute, it's 100% it's, uh, tax deductible. We're a 501c3 tax exempt organization. Just go to Lepanto IN dot o, lepanto in dot org you can see the word lepanto l-e-p-a-n-t-o right behind me i-n so the first two initials for institute lepanto in dot org forward slash donate and uh right there on our donation page uh the organization we use is called anadot they are a big time conservative christian organization so we don't use paypal or any of those other woke organ organizations uh, in order to help transact the funds. So we do appreciate the funding. It's, we are completely donor driven. We don't have any other sources of income. Please guys. I know it's the end of the year and everyone's getting ready to buy Christmas presents and, and whatnot, but this is arguably the most noble cause, you know, within the Catholic world that you could give to now is Lepanto. So and Michael, any, um, parting shots, my own would just be, please everyone like subscribe, Click the notification bell. We're trying to get to 40,000 subscribers before mid-year of 2023. And uh, please, if, if you're looking to support this channel, Timothy J. Gordon on Patreon.com. Unfortunately, it's on Woke Patreon is <laughs> where you mostly do it. But, but how about you, Michael? Any parting shots, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to our website, lepantoion.org, be sure to look at the uh, the grants list. The, the, the full report is right there. It's front and center. Just click on the report. Um, it'll take you to the introduction page from there. You'll get the, the chart. You can click on the link. That'll take you to straight to the chart. Familiarize yourself with the information, forward it on to your family, to your friends, to your pastors, and to your bishops, ask your bishops to withdraw from the Catholic campaign for human development completely. Ask your pastors to stop taking up the CCHD collection and tell your family and friends that they shouldn't be giving to this, this organization at all. And contact your lawyers too. Everyone have uh, if if you're a lawyer out, the Catholic lawyer have a have a look at this info. I'm going to be uh, sending this along to the lawyer. I think best equipped to take a preliminary look at this. Awesome. Michael Hitchborn, you are a mensch, sir, and a scholar and a gentleman. 
Thanks for coming on today. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Parish Orphans and Retrogrades, keep the faith. Hearing stuff like this should be more shocking than it is, but it's still shocking. Keep the faith. Hug your spouse. Love your kids. Take them to church. Notwithstanding what's going on, times will turn around, but only with our aid. Remember, St. Augustine talks about hope having two glorious daughters, and they are anger and courage. So never believe that this effeminate message that anger is bad. We need to re-lionize anger, uh, righteous anger, in the hearts of our young men. Desbolt. There we are. I saw some hand coming at me, and it was the big, strong hand of Pam. It's a Michael Scott. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.